0: Woodstock, Deadheads, The Village, Kate Ashbury, Counterculture, Women's Lib, Karma, Enlightenment, Sound familiar or sound foreign? That's okay. Join us, the two old bogey yogis, as we reminisce, discuss our spiritual paths, and explore all things yoga, meditation, and more. Your hosts each week are Swami Yashokananda and Reverend Prem, who between us have nearly a hundred years of living La Vida integral yoga. And that's what makes us the two,
1: two old bogey yogis. (laughs)
0: In our last few episodes, we've been doing a deep dive into the Yamas in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Yoga's ethical system forms the foundation for its classical eight-limbed system. Today, we'll delve into the third Yama, Asteya, non-stealing. Okay, so for a quick review, Sutra 230... So that's book or pada 2 sutra 30. It reads yama consists of non-violence, truthfulness, non-stealing, continence and non-greed and that's the five yamas. And we are today visiting with sutra 237 asteya to one established in non-stealing all wealth Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a
1: (laughs) promise that a lot of people would be interested in. (laughs) By not being greedy. Get everything you want. Yeah.
0: Nice. I like that. (laughs) This past year, I was taking this course with Dr. Edwin Bryant on the sutras, and he was commenting on this sort of second part of each of the yamas where Patanjali adds in what seems to be sort of this bonus round. Okay, non-stealing is good, but it's even better because all wealth yeah. will come to you, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Dr. Bryant was saying that one of the classic commentators noticed the point here is being so honest, right? Asteya is implying you're so honest that others will trust you with all their possessions. Oh. Yeah, I had never heard that take on
1: it. (laughs) Hmm.
0: Yeah, Gurudev's commentary on this is more to the feeling of if you're completely free from stealing and greed contented with what you have keeping a serene mind then all wealth comes to us and he said a carefree life is possible only with a well-controlled mind one that is free of anxiety without personal desires or possessions Gurudev seemed to be tying this with a sense of contentment santosha
1: yeah i mean why would you steal from someone something is missing right yeah, And when you realize that it, you sold it and something is still missing, Yeah, you have to steal something else <laughs> uh, until Santosha comes, contentment, and then things start to roll your way.
0: Yeah, Gurudev put so much emphasis on contentment, didn't he? He would always say contentment. It's golden, yeah.
1: So gold, wealth, get it? <laughs> yeah, it's not that that it even comes to you. Contentment itself is the wealth. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's exactly it. Contentment is the wealth. Yeah. Because who's not content There's a part of me, a part of my ego structure, which can never be content. And if that's my identity, something's always off. And that part is stole who I am. If I can get that part not to steal my identity, then the real wealth not material wealth. All of the real wealth flows through me when my identity hasn't been stolen by this false ruler.
0: Yeah, this interloper. <laughs>
1: interloper is the right word. Yeah.
0: You're exactly right. That's it. That's the real stealing.
1: That's the steal, right? That's the steal. Every other steal comes from that steal.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I never really thought of it in that way. That <laughs> is the real staya. We're looking for a staya, which yeah. is getting established in our true identity, our true essence nature, and not allowing the ego to steal us away from yeah. our home base.
1: Ashtaya is almost like the end of the line if you can if you can really not have your identity stolen. Identity theft, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have identity <laughs> theft. That's the real stealing, right? <laughs> that's
0: that's the real identity theft. <laughs>
1: that's the real identity theft. That's not your credit card number. That's the your whole number. <laughs> it's got our number, right? <laughs> <laughs> The like some way of ourself that gets away with that charade yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's really the heart of the matter but the kind you're also talking it from i think from all levels right uh, even you know not stealing someone's time right like you always do attributing what you learned like you just did with dr bryant you know what you Uh, Not stealing ideas and crediting yourself for them. You know, many of us probably have gone beyond overt stealing of objects, but there are other ways that we steal that we need to look into.
0: Yeah, that was reminding me of something. I was taking this 21 day awareness challenge with Dr. Christopher Wallace. And he was teaching some of the yamas and niyamas. And when it came to non-stealing, he mentioned something about It's also how we receive things from others, how we take things like receiving what's not freely given. Taking an example
1: of that. I'm not clear about that.
0: So receiving what's not freely given, perhaps you want something from someone Mm -hmm. and maybe you Mm -hmm. ask them, could you do me this favor, please? Mm. And they're like, well, I'm a little uncomfortable. I don't know that person that well, but oh come on, I've been such a good friend to you. And you owe me. You owe me. Yeah. <laughs> you owe me.
1: <laughs> okay, I see that I, I could see that as a steya, stealing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we should point out that in Sanskrit, when you've got that ah uh, steya, the ah uh, is the negation. Right, so, yeah. steya means stealing. Asteya is not stealing.
1: Yeah, like the first one we did himsa, ahimsa. Right. Even my name, Ashokananda, Shoka, and Ashoka. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Vidya, avidya. So, he was talking about also how we waste our own energy or we waste other people's mm. energy. That's also an aspect of us mm,
1: That's interesting. Uh, Wasting our own energy is a kind of stealing. We don't have unlimited energy. Wasting okay. other people's energy. Like if you're listening to a talk and you take up too much space, you don't give space to other people to ask questions and things. That's the kind of stealing. Right. Yeah.
0: There are so many layers of this and so many iterations that we just don't even think of. If we just even thought about like even when we don't do our sadhana regularly we're robbing from ourselves the opportunity right to deeply drop into our essence nature into our center wow yeah I
1: never thought of that not missing our sadhana our spiritual practices is kind of stealing from ourselves the purpose of our life. yeah
0: yeah we steal the ability to be centered more balanced this, It affects our interpersonal relationships as well when we're out of balance, right?
1: What an amazing corollary to to this idea that when I don't do my practice, my state of mind is such that I'm stealing the benefit of our good connection.
0: Yes. And we could also look at it in terms of like transactional relationships, which a little bit I was alluding to in the example about how we might ask somebody for something, they're not quite comfortable with it. And I do this for you, you do this for me. So what is there some type of power imbalance going on? All of those things relate to this whole idea of stealing time, energy, allotting our time, energy resources in unbalanced ways.
1: I thought of an interesting one also, because as a Swami, people will come to me and they'll tell me their problems. And if I think, oh, I know I, I can help that person. I know what to say to them. Yeah. I don't think this way, but, you know, kind of, I can fix this. Or I can fix them. I'm stealing their chance for their own wisdom to come out. Whoa! You know, instead of just helping them to trust their own innate intelligence, I'm saving the day. And they're so grateful to me. And I feel how grateful they are. And, I, <laughs> and I'm not thinking about how I stole from them. They could also figure it out. I don't have to jump in and save the day.
0: Wow, that is so <laughs> profound. <laughs>
1: I mean, I see how Sri Krishna and the Gita also is, is trying to draw Arjuna's intelligence out. And I think that's any teacher is going to see the greatness of that person and help draw that out rather than supplant their supposed greatness over them. I think it's important to recognize that as a form of stealing also.
0: I think that's an incredibly profound aspect of this mm. yama incredible because yeah. how many times do we steal opportunities from people to dig deeper within themselves to to have more growth opportunities right to really go deeper within themselves maybe because we won't give them our time to even listen or validate their concerns or provide that environment or a safe space for them to explore deeper. So true. I, I, yeah, I never thought of it in that way. Yeah. And even we could look at competition in the workplace, trying to get ahead. And how does that mm. maybe rob somebody else? Those expressions that we have in our culture, rob Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to add to our karma. <laughs> we already have enough to deal with, I think, in each lifetime that-
1: Yeah, I think it's a form of disrespect to strongly advise someone, unless you you really feel that that's what's called for, because you don't believe they can, they have the intelligence, you don't believe in them enough, Wow. you believe in yourself more, Wow. and and I think spiritual life, you begin to really see more of the essence of the other person, and I think our duty is to help draw that out of each other.
0: I think that is so beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it really, I never thought about how it is a statement of how we view others and their capabilities and capacities and how we may have a need to put our own self and our own self-esteem forward to make ourselves feel like, oh, I'm somebody or inhabit mm-hmm. a role. Like you're saying, it mm-hmm. must be a challenge. have often used to say sannyas ego is the worst ego. You're attached to your own <laughs> renunciation or your own begging bowl or your." status or whatever it is
1: it comes from the same source of stealing someone's property i I, I'm, I don't have enough I'm missing something yeah so if I can become your advisor if I'm your mentor if you need me I can use that to try to fill myself although we know yeah. it doesn't work
0: exactly and I heard someone once say that they felt that the root cause of astea was basically, the feeling of I'm not good enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel I'm I'm not connected when I, when I lose my connection, my higher connection, then I don't feel good enough. And then what am I going to do? Beg, borrow and steal. Exactly. (laughs) To feel good enough, you know?
0: Yeah. The need to steal seems to arise because we have a lack of faith in ourselves to be able to attend to our own needs, fulfill our own needs, looking outside of ourselves, lacking faith in our essential goodness. Mm. I really never thought of that before. Yeah, Having faith that we are good enough, that Mm. who I am essentially is good. And having that view of our fellow human being, that everyone has that essence nature that is essential goodness. Even if they're not expressing it to the full extent of their true nature, that's the truth of the matter.
1: I got an email from someone that was, it was, there were kind of different layers to it, but I didn't feel comfortable with it. And I had to really sit back and think about what was coming up for me. How how am I going to respond to this? There were different layers from that person. Different things are coming up for me. I just put on the glasses that I believe in this person.
0: Mm. Whoa, I just have to say right there. That's a stayer right there. Yeah. yeah. You're not buying into whatever they're selling. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're you're not stealing their essence nature
1: Mm, away
0: from them by seeing them as other than who they truly are. Whoa. I
1: didn't put I didn't think of it all that way. That's beautiful. Yeah,
0: but you were approaching it in that way. It's essentially what you were saying. Yeah. Someone asked the other day, uh, don't forget your train of thought, but I just, yeah. there's just popped into my brain. this. That I think it was Dr. Wallace who said the other day, he posted something on Facebook with this question. What would your life be like if you saw every other person in your life, not as an other, but as your own self? what would your life look like?
1: You'd be accomplished in a stay for sure. Uh, I so <laughs> Satya. <Never can> so <laughs> Yeah, all ever. the yamas and niyamas together, boom. That, well, yeah. that's the interesting thing. You know, as we go deeper in our spiritual understanding and experience, the yamas and the yamas, I think, come naturally. And as yeah. we wholeheartedly practice the yamas and the yamas, we, we can go deeper in our spiritual experience. I think they have to work in tandem with each other. You work in the yamas and the yamas, like I had these different options. How am I going to respond to this email? And I said, I believe in this person. That's what's going to come through. It wasn't my immediate default setting, but I'm happy that I I just sat there for a few minutes actually and just saw what was coming up. I couldn't quite articulate what it was, but I just zeroed in on, boom, I believe in this person. That's my response. And it felt nice. so right. Oh, Yeah, I did it with a little humor also, which, you know, it was like a heavy thing. And I just I just put a little bit of, appropriate humor in that showed I believe in the person yeah
0: yeah that's really so, but
1: uh, but I had to work on that my point is I had to work on that I think as I continue to evolve that that'll come naturally to me I'll naturally yeah. I believe in this person I don't have to sit there for a few minutes and wonder about that
0: it just also popped up in my mind when you were saying that that it's like not only were you not stealing from them you're not stealing their true identity you're actually giving them the gift of reminding them of who they are through your response.
1: It's more than not just taking something, you're actually giving something. Yeah. You're giving the what really the greatest gift you can give, yeah, believing in somebody and yeah. your higher self, yeah.
0: Exactly. Imagine actually living a stay in that way that is not even non-stealing. It's giving the gift of honoring each person you encounter, honoring yourself, your highest self, the other person's, and seeing really no difference between. This is the non-dual view in its essence that we are all absolutely essentially the same. My nature, we're talking about not my personality, ego, structure, et cetera, et cetera. My essential nature, my essence nature is the same as yours, is the same as so-and-so's. We are all one at that
1: level. I like what you're saying. The yama is not just not doing something. It's actually cultivating the opposite. Like ahimsa, okay, I'm not going to hurt you. Ahimsa really should turn to love. I I love you. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And and non-stealing should turn into uh, an overflow of belief in you and giving whatever I can. It's Mm -hmm. actually a cultivation of the opposite. Yeah,
0: I love that. It's so (laughs) beautiful. And you were asking too about how yama and niyama come to fruition in our lives, in our practice and all of that. When you said that, it reminded me, I don't know where I heard it from. I think a number of teachers have said, if you are not practicing these yamas and niyamas, don't bother practicing the rest of yoga. It's just not going to go well for you. Yeah, These are the grounding, centering, foundational principles of life upon which you build that strong unmoving center of practice and a life that flows out of being Mm. established or okay maybe you're not established but rooted in these principles these ethical precepts are really what guide us because as we get into the yoga sutras, as you know, Patanjali starts pointing out what some of the fruition of practice is. And these are a lot of what he calls siddhis, right. what are known as siddhis, are spiritual powers and the ability to really increase your capacity, in a sense, to do harm or do yeah. more good depending on how you are situated and rooted or not rooted in these foundational teachings
1: i think about in star wars how you prepare yourself to become a jedi without that preparation if you start to get the power and you turn to the dark side like darth vader he was a very powerful yogi a great jedi luke's dad and yeah. uh, but without that foundation of yama yama, who's getting that strength and power? You know, you haven't whittled away the false person, the one who stole the identity. So this, so the thief is getting all that power.
0: Yeah, and the moment, like when we feel lack in our lives. That's the perfect ground for raga, dvesha. Again, these key principles in the Yoga Sutras, the kleshas of desire and aversion. We want Mm -hmm. this. We don't want that. Greed arises without being at least invested in, I want to (laughs) say, these yamas. Where do we go from there? We're looking for something to fill this emptiness, Mm. looking to others, looking to things, constantly looking outside of ourselves, seeing everything as a win for me (laughs) or a loss for you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we see that in people who cling to power, trying to fill that hole.
0: Right. That's the tyranny of narcissism. Mm. Which really stems from
1: de-rooted low self. Huh. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is interesting because who would think that someone with such an inflated ego could possibly have low self-esteem?
1: Yeah, sometimes very low self-esteem, right? Yeah. yeah. Ex-
0: extremely mm-hmm. low self-esteem, so that they feel they're very survival. Mm. Depends on getting that juice that attention, those accolades, that power over others Mm. so they feel less diminished. And it really is a life or death thing for people with extreme narcissism or what is sometimes called pathological narcissism Mm. because their ego identity does depend on it. That's how unrooted they are. It's sad and it's tragic because that doesn't happen just in a vacuum on its own, that comes from a deeply troubled past
1: you yeah.
0: childhood trauma and being made to feel less than over and over again in more or less dramatic ways.
1: You have to go back to how a child is raised, right? How are we raising our children? How can they feel more full in themselves, more accepting of themselves, more looking to link to the spiritual aspect of themselves. If we're only giving that to children, then it's going to be very hard for them to access the yama and the yamas.
0: So true. Yeah. It really starts in childhood, makes such an incredible difference in one's ability to even begin to contemplate these things, because when you're so psychologically damaged, It's You're always seeming to play catch-up, trying to heal the wounds in unskillful ways, unfortunately.
1: Unfortunately, yeah.
0: Although sometimes it can be a huge impetus to even getting on the spiritual path because you reach a point of such despair and misery. I guess the fortunate look for something other than the usual suspects of getting into really bad, unhealthy relationships, mm-hmm. unhealthy lifestyles, drugs, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I quite have this right, but uh, I saw a, a documentary clip. There was a school in India where they made all the supplies for the kids, rulers, pens, everything, all the, the supplies was, was, you could take as much as you want. And at first the children were hoarding things they were taking so much that was the point they wanted the children to see what they were doing in a very skillful way try to bring some principles about why that it doesn't work well even for you it doesn't work well mm. it took a few months but graduated students just took exactly what they needed they didn't take anything more than they needed i think that's also uh, an aspect of a state you take what you need yeah from life you don't you don't need to take more than that T- you're, taking more than that means you uh, you are afraid of something, you know. Oh, you can take a little bit for any day. You can have some something. But if you take too much, and just stash it away. You are stealing from the general.
0: That came up in all its glory during the pandemic. (laughs) The toilet paper. Oh my gosh. Remember the first time that either you went into a grocery store or someplace to buy toilet paper or you saw it on the news and it's like, who could even think? That, that would be a thing that people would hoard, but it just triggered something yeah. in our whole well, probably global, but at least national consciousness that woo, it just put a light on this whole aspect of what do we really need and how <laughs> Uh, how we go about it and seeing those drag down fights in Walmarts and different places. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. And even we see people using their money and influence to, to, break the queue and getting the vaccine before the what? people are supposed to get it, you know, that's and that's people guess.
0: charging people, getting hold of the vaccine and then oh. charging five, oh, I, 5 I hear about that. yeah. They even did some interviews with them and I don't know exactly how they got their hands on the vaccine. If they were people who ran clinics or something. And then on the side, they're offering $5,000. I'll give you the vaccine. Even when they're caught and they were interviewed, they saw Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I I mean that that's one level. And then I remember Gurudev talking about even a more subtle level of this whole stealing idea. And he once said something, and it was like shocking to hear that all of us are thieves. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, wait, what? All of us are thieves. Yeah. And he was saying knowingly and unknowingly, we're stealing things from nature all the time with every minute, every breath we take. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think he was making the point that is not that we shouldn't take a breath, but having gratitude Mm. versus an attitude of this should be coming to me. I deserve this, or I'm going to take this because I need it.
1: I'm entitled to it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So even with every breath to reflect, that's how we can get to even these subtler levels and cultivate these aspects of these teachings and unpack them in deeper and deeper ways by realizing that every moment, if we're practicing esteya, we're practicing gratitude in every moment.
1: What a beautiful connection. Yeah, The Ashtaya gratitude connection is important. Uh, The more you, you see that I'm given so much, can I recognize that? Can I be conscious of that?
0: And then to take it even another step, Gurudev said to use it to serve others. Right. So we're grateful. Oh, I have this breath. My body is functioning. I have food to eat. I have what I need. Now, what do I do with that? He said, I don't know if it was in the Yoga Sutras, his commentary on this particular yama, but somewhere he said, if we accept what we're given by nature and don't give anything in return, we are thieves.
1: Yeah, it might be from Bhagavad Gita, because Krishna also says that, he says, if you just cook for yourself, then you're a thief, which I take to mean, if you just, like you say, you just breathe for yourself, everything is around yourself and you're not giving back, I think the thievery comes like you say, we can we can take from nature. Nature is there for us to make use of it. But if we don't give anything back, that becomes a breach in st- Ashtaya.
0: Exactly.
1: All the spiritual teachers say that. Basically, we're here to give back. We're not here to take. Uh, we're here to give what we can, you know, take care of yourself so that you're in good shape to to even that is to give back. You're taking care of yourself to give back.
0: Right. That reminds me of something. Yeah. This one teacher, Cynthia Abolafia, said, it's interesting how Astea can be like a lens that allows us to view how our ego often creeps in to run the show and how we steal from those around us. She was saying this can be by being late for appointments or over-exhausting even our own boundaries to over-exhaust ourselves, our boundaries, and just take on more and more or push Mm. ourselves more and more. It can occur by trying to control or manage those around us to conform to, it could be anything from our personal dietary beliefs or political beliefs to anything stealing from others can show up even in our own spiritual path by by she said something this cracked me up because it's so true we do this all the time by being so dedicated to our own path and then judging others you know (laughs) that's not really spiritual, or they're less conscious, than, or, oh, my teacher is better than yours.
1: Say a little bit more about how you said something about one of the examples you gave, I couldn't see how it was ashtaya. If I'm trying to be as dedicated as possible, and I'm saying yes, as much as possible, because I'm here to give back. Explain that, how that's stealing.
0: So if you think about it in this way, that we're taught as yogis, right? To strive to be selfless, karma yogis, giving with no expectation of anything in return. Gurudev always gave the example of nature, just look to nature, to an apple tree, just gives, 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 doesn't expect anything. You could throw stones at it. <laughs> more. Yeah, it'll give you more <laughs> fruit. I think one of the near enemies of this teaching of pure selflessness, and we may have touched on this in an episode before, is this idea that we can be like the sun. I think that's one of the most clear examples of something in nature. Mm-hmm. You could make an argument, okay. Well, the apple tree might not expect anything, but still rain is coming down or somebody is watering it, it's being pruned. So it's getting something, and then it's giving its fruit, even though it's kind of a stretch because still it's really its nature's just giving, 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 right? Right. Nobody's doing anything for the sun. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just shining all the time. Okay, mm-hmm. now let's come to human beings. And again, this touches into the whole idea of Mm non-duality because in a dualistic system, there's this idea that there's the higher self and the spiritual aspect of our humanity. And then there's the material and never the twain shall meet. They're just completely different. But in non-duality... There is no division. So the basic teaching of the non-dual tradition, and particularly the one that is Gurudev's root tradition in Shaiva Yoga, is that pure consciousness basically contracted itself into form. Mm-hmm form of human beings, of the creation, sentient beings, whatever we see around us, right? Okay. It's not a differentiation between that pure cosmic consciousness and our own consciousness and essence nature. Rather, it's a step-down version. Think of it like electricity. Yeah, yeah. How Gurudev would always say, You plug your lamp in, right? Don't plug your finger in, or you don't plug something that needs a higher voltage. Right. Everything needs a step down transformer, or you blow out your circuits, right? Right. So, in that way, that's how the energy of that completely unrestricted, unconstrained consciousness is it. It's the highest voltage Mm -hmm. and then we are like little step down versions of that so we're not missing something we're not different than we're just sort of these the microcosm and macrocosm kind of idea with really the only distinction are the superficial ones i look different from you this one is might be a different color speak a different language flowers maybe of different varieties yeah essentially we're all of that same essence nature. Okay. Now when we think about the sun, this sun is always shining, doesn't need anything. Then we look at ourselves. It's not like we're this completely different thing and we can't be these beautiful selfless serving karma yogis. It's just that in these step down versions we have human needs we can't live without air so we could say i'm going to hold my breath so that other people have air <laughs> that's not going to work yeah i'm not going to eat because other people need to eat that's not going to work right so the boundary that i was referencing is the boundary of needing to also attend to our own needs because if we don't What begins to happen is just by human nature, resentment ensues. There'll be some type of build up of that feeling of dissatisfaction or something missing. We're also, we're relational beings. There's nothing unspiritual about admitting we have needs for food, air, shelter, to be safe to be supported to feel connected yeah maybe at levels of evolution of consciousness of truly completely awakened beings i want to say there's no needs but we know as long as they're in a human body there's that's need. the thing yeah but maybe the relational needs or le- or more negotiable needs maybe are less still i think as long as you're in a human form it's just the nature of the beast we have needs and we shouldn't get it confused we used to say back in the day don't get it twisted sister that we need some things Mm. so that's what i was referencing when it comes to having these boundaries and overstepping our own or others boundaries to me it's a lack of respect and understanding about our own nature and our needs and obviously striving to have those imbalance and not going to any kind of extreme because that is asteya that's the heart of asteya no. Having what we need to be happy, healthy, serviceful people. But killing yourself in the name of service? I'm not sure that's the way to go.
1: Yeah, that's very helpful. It, yeah, the way what I'm getting from what you're saying is that if I overextend myself, anyway, I'm stealing from my, my future self. My battery is going to get run down. I'm stealing probably from my present self also. Like you say, resentment is building up. I'm not functioning in my peak, but then for sure uh it's i gonna pay for it later. And then yeah, I think you know you have to think of life as a more of a long distance rather than a sprint, you know. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's
0: exactly, exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> because that's a perfect analogy. The battery, when you feel fully charged and and you want to give and give and give, and that's beautiful. And all the teachings that we've received from our guru around selfless service, it's all about that. What we don't sometimes realize is he's talking about that coming from
1: a fully charged battery. Mm, that's such a key point in Ashtaya. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't really extend yourself. Uh, your battery is in need of charging.
0: And he would often say, well, you should just give and give and give, give and not worry about yourself because if you are really living that life, then you will be taken care of. You will have everything. Even in this sutra, it's saying to one established and non-stealing all wealth will come. In other words, just be established and that. Everything's going to come to you. I don't doubt that that's possible. I just think, that it was probably a little easier back in that day, of <laughs> yes. or even back in Gurudev's early years yeah. in a country where you lived more closely in a village, or there was a respect for sannyasis where a sannyasi could travel anywhere, right? And never, they're not thinking, oh, let me pack this for lunch.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One extra doti. That
0: was it. it. You were on the road (laughs) and you would go and you could knock on anyone's door or anyone you would see would just hand you something to eat or to use or to give you water, whatever you needed, because that was the culture. They Mm recognize, oh, there's a Swami. They're a renunciate. I should provide for them. Today, doubtful that would be yeah, yeah. situation, but we could still take the spirit of the teaching yeah. and integrate that with our modern day living and realize that, okay, so yes, what does non-stealing mean today? All of these things we've been talking about, and it includes keeping our batteries well-charged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not overcharged because that also is going to drain the life. Yeah,
1: that's interesting because uh, he he would talk about you're not going a barber or those old blades that you used to sharpen on the leather. You're not going to stand there and keep going. That's the kind of stealing. Also, there are people waiting to be shaved, and you're, you're you keep sharpening, sharpening. You're doing your practices, and you're not you're not giving anything back.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how he used to always talk about the practice, that it's not something that you become so invested and attached to.
1: It's not a goal in itself. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not a goal in itself. It's not yeah. an end in itself.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's also a near enemy of being so dedicated to your sadhana that it's like nothing else counts for anything.
1: Yeah, I was in that category and I think I I'm getting better at shaving and not keep sharpening the blade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing a pretty good job with that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Your belief in me means a lot.
0: See, I'm not stealing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. by investing in what you are not, but <laughs> seeing who you are. <laughs> a stay uh, in action. Yeah. Yes. I feel like we really got to some very interesting aspects of astea that when you just think about non-stealing, maybe you just think of literally not shoplifting, not
1: robbing a bank, yeah. not robbing a bank.
0: <laughs> but they're all these more subtle layers. And yeah. that's the beauty of these living texts that just continue to teach us in deeper and deeper ways. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and will join us again for next week's episode. Please do follow and subscribe to the podcast via SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and other apps. For more information about everything Integral Yoga, you can go to IntegralYoga.org. Om Shanti.